Hello and welcome. This is the Bariatric Eating Real Talk podcast, and I'm Susie Shaw. If you're new to our podcast, bariatric eating is more than just talk. We support nearly a million post-ops in our Facebook-based support groups, which you can join if you'd like after you listen. I'll tell you where you can find us at the end of the episode. We've created the most successful plan for bariatric regain on the planet. There's not a doctor's program or hospital plan or anyone who has addressed regain and the regain crisis with anywhere near our success rate. Thousands have used our Inspire Diet along with our help and our support to take their lives back even when it seemed like things were hopeless. Those who help you in our support groups are post-ops, and we've had regain, so we know how it feels, but we've also lost that regain, and we can help you find your way back into those smaller clothes in your closet. We have specific tools for you, goals, food lists, and meals to eat, and we have our own products, so we go just beyond ideas and help you in real time with real tools that really help. Our support is made up of people who are just like me, and collectively, we have spent the past 20 years helping post-ops lose regain and learn to change their habits so that the weight stays off for good. And I'm pretty sure that we can help you too. So let's get started. So before I get started, I wanted to apologize just a little bit, or maybe explain something is a better way to put it, but there is an oak tree outside of my office that is dropping acorns on the roof, and every now and then you may hear a loud bang. Um, Don't worry nothing's wrong. It's just acorns falling on my roof. So I wanted to speak today about some specific mindsets that we see in um, our groups. And I know with myself and my friends who have had, you know, regains or in um, a hard time to get to goal after weight loss surgery. Um, And it starts out with the one that a lot of people approach, you know, getting back on track and eating right and eating after surgery as being a bit of a punishment. Being on track isn't punishment. It doesn't suck. It's not depriving yourself, unless, of course, you make it that way, unless you think of being on track that way. Now, we've talked about this before in episode 18, which, by the way, you need to listen to if you've been struggling at all. Um, It's a really great episode, and it will help kind of expand on this concept. But um, in that episode, we spoke about how our thoughts create feelings, and those feelings create our actions. And of course, we all know that our habits are a result of all of that. It's kind of like a cycle. Our mindset matters a lot. So it's time that we kind of start working on making a mindset shift if you've been finding that you're struggling more than you're succeeding lately. But how will we do that? It's not easy to approach, so I want to break it down into some specific key mindsets so that we can keep things a little bit straight as there are a little bit different concepts that build upon each other. You may want to take some notes, so grab a pen and paper real quick. The first mindset, um, key mindset number one, is admitting the issue. Acknowledge that you have to make a mindset shift for new habits to take place. No shift, no change. No change, nothing happens pretty cut and dry, right? It's all about knowing what you are trying to do so that you can actually do it. Kind of like how we start off this podcast series with episodes one, two, and three and our goal setting um, exercise, I guess for lack of a better word. It's a way to write down your goals so that you can motivate yourself. Knowing is empowering. So you have to admit what's going on to kind of understand it and, and focus on it, if that makes sense. Key mindset number two, consider that you need a new approach. 
Now, I want to use some examples to explain this, to really kind of nail this as something that you may be doing and not realizing that you're doing and it's holding you back. So I looked in our support groups for examples, and it really didn't take long to find an example. As we see this um, multiple times a day with very, very specific phrases that are used multiple, multiple times when people are finally ready to get back on track and get to goal. So the first common phrase is, I forgot the basics, where do I find them? Another popular one is, how many macros should I le- eat to lose again after one year out? Another one is, how many carbs should I eat after I had the sleep? And we get that you're approaching your support group with these questions because you feel that's what you need to get back to, as that's what you see a lot of people using, those specific macros or counting carbs to lose weight. But I want you to think about it a little bit. If you really understood macros and carbs and how they translate into calories, and you actually used them the first time around with your weight loss, would you have actually forgotten them? No, not likely. Because it would have been knowledge that you possess. Um... Kind of think about it this way. If you go on vacation for three weeks and you don't drive a car or truck or whatever one time, when you get back to the airport and get to your car, do you need a reminder to look in the rearview mirror when you back out? No. Do you know why? Because that's something you learned way back when you started driving. Looking back in the mirror as you back up with skill-based knowledge that you learned because not looking would have led to danger. That knowledge shifted into practice every time you got into a car to drive. And that knowledge became a habit that you, you just don't have to think twice about when you get into a car today. And that's the goal that we're supposed to have after surgery. This is what separates the folks who get to goal and stay there, the ones who, or the ones who lose a regain and don't have multiple regains afterwards. They implement the things that they learned while they were learning these healthy habits and actually losing the weight and put them into practice so often that they became a habit. And they, did, they started doing them without thinking. It becomes a way of life in the truest sense of the words. So to kind of circle back and bring it all around, if you knew how to count macros successfully to lose the weight and not regain, you wouldn't need a refresher on where to find the ones you should be following. Now, I want to add real quick here that there are some weight loss surgeons who do give up macros um, and specific numbers to follow. And if, if you're one of those patients who got a list of macros that you're supposed to follow, that's what you should be following, okay? Um, And... But if you have that list and you don't know what to do with it, don't be ashamed that it's not enough information. It's kind of a confusing thing. So if you're still in contact with your doctor, set up an appointment to speak with the registered dietitian at his office and see how much, you know, if there's an extra cost for more classes on on how to work those macros and how it actually works so you can get back on track with their program. But I'm going to give you kind of a bit of a spoiler alert um, on my point here. Again, if those macros that you were supposed to follow when you first had surgery worked, would you be struggling today? If that method was something that you could, you could adopt and work with and create habits off of, would you be listening to me right now and trying to get back on track? Maybe you need a different way to do this, something that's not so vague, something that doesn't require specific nutrition training. Um, and that's part of why we created the Inspire Diet. It blends real-life post-off experience. Remember, this was created by people who had surgery and struggled for people who who had had surgery and are struggling. But it takes that real-life knowledge that we gain throughout the years and blends it with bariatric guidelines that are set by ASMBS, and that stands for the American Society for Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery. They are the ones that set the standards for surgeons to follow. But um, it actually helps 
post-ops learn proper nutrition. And it will actually teach you how to create satisfying meals that will suit any occasion once the weight is off. If you follow the Inspire diet, that's what it does. That's why it works. If you've been struggling with macros and carb counting and whatever, why not try a plan where someone took that guesswork out and the stress out of the equation for you? So I want you to consider that getting back to these basics of like counting, counting macros or even like a lot of people think the basics are, you know, that soft food progression into solid foods again. These things that you think you had down pat, that's not the goal when we're trying to get back on, on track because the basics weren't something that worked for you. If they worked, you would have learned them, right? You wouldn't have a regain. You, you would be able to lose your regain very, very quickly if you got back to them and they worked. But do you know why they don't work? And we've talked about this before, but here's a short version. The basics that you're seeking now are the things that you were told is a very brand new post-op. The sheer nature of the surgery that we have means that in those early stages, our restriction levels and even our sense of smell and taste are vastly different than they are by the time that we start regaining or just stop losing weight. And when you add in a few years on top of that, Going back to the basics, like doing an all-liquid diet for a week and then soft foods for another week, just like you did right after surgery, that's going to result in a very specific pattern of behaviors that we see, again, in our support groups and, you know, with friends and stuff like that that have tried that that I know. And that cycle of things or that pattern is that you're going to lose weight initially. You will. You will lose weight. But the thing is, you're also going to be absolutely miserable. And a lot of people actually forget this fact, but that liquid and soft diet, it sucked. It was hard to follow. And a lot of you listening to right now were some of the ones that are in our support groups and on social media. You guys were looking for ideas to change things up because it sucked so hard. It was very, very difficult to follow. So what's going to suck even more now? Because you don't even have the fear of like not getting your diet approved, not getting your surgery approved, or the fear of like popping stitches and hurting yourself to maybe keep you in line. So once that happens, when you don't have that fear and it starts sucking, it gets really, really hard because it's very, very restrictive, you're going to fall flat on your face and fall off that wagon hardcore. Why? Because the liquids and soft food diet is really restrictive. It's not a sustainable daily way to live your life. It's just not. And because of that, when you fall on your face, you're going to regain any of the weight that you lost because you were over-restricting yourself to the point where you broke down mentally. And then you're probably going to add a few more pounds to that number. And finally, you're going to be right where you are today, maybe even with tighter pants than you have on right now. So you have got to get a new plan. One that's not going to get your, not only going to get your diet back under control, but one that's going to actually help to teach you how to feed yourself so that you can lose the weight and learn how to eat for life. So that when you get to goal, you don't have to worry about a plan for maintenance. You already learned the plan. The plan is already a habit for you. Remember that the point of weight loss surgery is to lose weight, the end. It's not to lose weight, regain the weight, lose the weight, regain the weight in an endless cycle for the rest of your life. That's why most of us had weight loss surgery in the first place. We did it to stop that cycle. So you have to change your mindset and find a way to learn some new habits. Try something new that's actually going to help you. So that brings me to key mindset number three, learn. If you haven't already in the past, take some time and Google your surgery type, even though you've already had it. There's a huge population of people out there who are post-ops, but they think that the sleeve was the less invasive option. 
So I want you to do something. Google and find a version or a video, sorry, not a version, a video of a sleeve surgery being performed. There's, there's a lot on the internet out there to see it. But th- there's a moment where they're going to pull the stomach out of a very, very small hole in someone's body and lay it on the table. After you watch that, talk to me about how not invasive that seems. Because again, many people don't realize that the G in VSG stands for gastrectomy, which means stomach removal. And yet they don't remove it all, but you cannot call yanking 80% of a healthy organ out of someone's body less invasive. That's insane. But my point is, if you're going to figure out how to lose weight and not regain it, you have to understand what you're working with. One of the things we run into a lot, we get a lot of pushback actually in our support group is that our admins will tell people to stop listening to what their personal trainers who don't work for a bariatric practice have to say about nutrition and carbs and protein and all that fun stuff because those personal trainers were not trained on bariatric systems. And there is an absolute difference in our anatomy. Your stomach doesn't grow back. Your intestines don't regenerate and rearrange themselves after a few years. Things are missing. Things are rerouted permanently. Learn why. Learn how to use that in your favor so it can help you draw some hard lines in the sand with your day-to-day eating and your workout habits and your, just your life habits. And then I want you to think about taking some time and reading on our website. We have so many articles about hunger and portions, what to do when you go to a party. We've got a podcast like this one you should listen to. Um, we actually have a specific episode about what macros are and how calories are. Um, that would be episode 25. We have articles about how to eat a meal so that you aren't stuffed full and overeating. We have an article, um, we have so much stuff. There's a lot of web, uh, information, sorry, on our website beyond just products and recipes. Find something to learn and dig in and then keep dug in. But take some time to educate yourself so that you do more than just ask questions and hope that someone feeds you the right answer. Learning is how we change. Learning is progress. Learning is important and it helps you to not repeat the past. And in this case, that means losing weight and not going back to the way you used to do things. Because frankly, your ways were deeply flawed. And that stings. I know. But it's the truth. No one with good eating habits gets to the point where they are morbidly obese. Sorry, it's a fact. It's how you ate that got you where you are now. Now, if you've listened to this whole series, you know how we feel about one of our key concepts. Support starts with you. And yes, it's absolutely wonderful that you are asking questions. But it's kind of like in school. You can ask and ask and ask your teacher all the questions you want. You may learn in class by listening to the lecture. And you may understand the materials presented to you. But you know how you pass the final exam, right? You dig in, you dive a little bit deeper and study the materials that you gathered in class. Sometimes that involved, when you were in school, maybe finding additional materials to study to help you complete that concept and really, really understand what it meant on a, like a deeper level. Sometimes when you were in school, that meant that you had to turn off the TV and turn off the music and just sit there and read and think about what it meant. You owe this education to yourself. You had elective surgery that permanently changed your anatomy. You deserve to learn how it works. You deserve to know why it works and what you can do to get the best possible outcome, no matter how long ago your surgery was or how far off track you are today. You can do that. Key mindset number four, be intentional with your meals. 
Stop thinking about snacks so often. And yes, it's fine to have a snack every now and then, but think about this. And this is something we see often in our Facebook groups is the first question is, I'm thinking about getting back on track. What kind of snacks do you guys eat? If you're thinking about getting back on track and losing weight, but you're already worried about how to solve your snack problem, consider that the issue isn't what you're snacking on, but that you've created the habit of snacking. And it's entirely likely you aren't snacking because you're hungry. You're snacking because you want a snack. There's a big difference there. But here's the deal. You've got to plan your meals. Someone who had surgery usually feels best with small, intentional protein-based meals every three hours or so. And I want to mention this as many of us were brought up to clean the plate when we sat down to eat. If you're not able to finish your meal because you're full, coming back to it every five to ten minutes over the course of an hour or more isn't the way to handle it. That's actually called grazing. And it's a really great way to eat around your surgery. So I'm going to break down what you are supposed to do at a meal. Okay? The first thing, step one, stop drinking the moment you want to start eating the food. Put the drink out of reach so you don't drink with your meal. As you know, drinking with meals is how you can wash food out of your pouch or sleeve and you'll eat way more than you intended to eat. Step number two, look at the clock and take a mental note of the time. Step number three, when you start eating, start with the solid protein on your plate. When that's about a quarter of the way finished, start alternating bites of your vegetable side dish and the protein until you, you feel your stop signal or about 25 minutes has passed. Now, if you don't know what your stop signal is, we've got an article on our website that talks about it, and I'll tell you where to find it at the end of the episode. But the time is important here, too, just as much as your stop signal is, because the longer that you eat, the more likely that you're actually pushing the food out of your pouch or sleeve, and you're overeating. So when that clock hits the 25 to 30 minute mark, your meal is done, over. Now, if you sit back and just wait as little as five sec- five minutes, sorry, five minutes, you'll notice that you feel a satisfaction that you actually didn't notice when you were eating, if you haven't already noticed that before you stop eating. But the thing is, many of us forget, and I even forget, that full, that stuff sensation you used to feel before surgery when you ate, that was never ever how any human was supposed to feel after eating a meal. That's a sign that you've eaten way too much before and after surgery. So you've got to stop chasing that stuffed and that full feeling, because it's going to hurt you in the long run. You'll be overeating on a continual basis. The goal at, when we eat a meal is that we, we want to not be hungry, not thinking about food, just kind of satisfied. We feel good. There's no reason to force food just because it's on the plate. There's no reason to eat so you're stuffed and full to make yourself feeling uncomfortable. Remember, every meal isn't Thanksgiving. Every meal isn't a feast. Every meal is actually an opportunity to fuel your body so that you're healthy. The fact that food is delicious, that's the bonus part. That's the fun part. Chase tasty meals that fuel your body and serve your goals. Don't chase being stuffed. Step number four, when your meal is over, get up and do the dishes. Put the food away, sweep the kitchen floor, do what you got to do. Set a timer, though, for about 30 minutes. And when that timer goes off, take a second and think about how you feel. Do you still feel that same, the same way where you were finished eating, where you can kind of still feel the food there? You feel just as full as you did then? Remember, the thing about waiting 30 minutes after you eat to drink anything is because, once again, drinking with our food, drinking with food in our pouches or our sleeves means that you're going to wash that food out of your pouch or your sleeve. 
so you're going to feel hungry sooner. When we wash that food out of our pouches or our sleeves, it means that you don't give your body enough time to register that you've eaten. So you're going to think that you're hungry sooner than you should be because you're not working your surgical tool the way it's meant to be used. So think about how you feel at that 30-minute mark. If you're feeling empty and ready for more food, it's time to focus on water, not a snack or dessert or whatever. Have a glass of water. I bet you'll notice that you feel fine. And that's because after post-ops, many, many, I'm sorry, that's because after meals, many post-ops confuse thirst with hunger. It's strange, and I don't know why it is, but I can tell you from personal experience, it's tripped me up more often than not. And if you do choose to eat because you truly don't think you ate enough, be mindful of what and how much you're eating and do your best to repeat all of the steps I said above because eating every hour under the guise of snacking or I didn't eat enough, eating every hour period is a really, really great way to graze or do that grazing thing I mentioned. And grazing is code for eating small amounts all day long. And if you've ever thought, gee, why isn't my weight just falling off? I eat such small portions. Eating small portions constantly throughout the day could be overeating. It adds up. It really does. So that's what I mean by being intentional with your your small meals. Make them count. Eat solid protein that fills you up. Understand that if you can't tolerate a protein, that could be because you're just eating, trying to eat too much of it. And you're misunderstanding what satisfaction feels like. So many post-ops lean towards softer textures with their eating, soft proteins like fish and cheese and eggs, because they think that they can't eat a lot of like actual physical like solid chicken or, or a steak or pork, when in fact, that's not the point. We're not supposed to be able to eat a lot of chicken, a lot of steak, a lot of pork, a lot of anything. We had weight loss surgery to limit our portions. So if you can't eat a lot of chicken, then your surgery's working. That's restriction, not the stuffed feeling. Key mindset number five, no more overthinking. Keep things simple. Don't bother with blending your Inspire and ice and milk to make a thick, creamy shake. Don't think that you need an air fryer or a mini waffle iron or an egg cooker. And trust me, those are some of the things that a lot of post-ops have decided are mandatory tools for us after surgery. But in reality, they're gathering dust in people's cabinets because it's just too much work to go through using all of those things. Tools and fancy shake recipes lead to to our thinking that being on track with our eating is hard. It's complicated. It's time-consuming to make a meal. You've got to make things easy for yourself so that you stick with it. And while meal prep may feel like something that makes your life easier, it sure doesn't feel easier when you're in your kitchen for a few hours on Sunday, doesn't it? I know it doesn't to me. And judging by the thousands of people in our support group who talk about starting to meal prep, but who never, ever post again about prepping meals or what happened with all those meals that they did prep. Um, I'm not alone in that feeling. Meal prep is a lot of work. And are you going to keep up that work every Sunday for the next 30 or 40 years? Not likely. You've got to take the time to teach yourself quick, simple meals that you don't need to follow recipes for that you can fall back on for quick weeknight dinners, easy lunches, even breakfasts. Because life is way too short to eat leftover food that you batch cooked on the weekend because you didn't realize scrambled eggs takes five minutes to cook on the stove. And remember, you don't need eggs and pancakes and toast or biscuits and bacon and a fruit cup every single morning. A weekday breakfast, a breakfast every morning of a plain egg scrambled in the pan is fine. Better than fine. Eggs are a fantastic and healthy food and 
it's very, very filling to eat an egg. Lunch can be as simple as a few slices of deli meat and a lettuce leaf with some Dijon mustard on top. A dinner of frozen fish that you bake with some old bay seasoning while you steam a bag of veggies in the microwave, that's perfect. I just want to add here because a lot of people miss this step. Please season your vegetables. Don't be afraid to use salt and pepper. And if if you've been warned not to um, eat a lot of salt, go to the grocery store and get some Mrs. Dash seasonings. They're all low sodium. But a well-seasoned, simple meal that you don't have to think about twice is the key to sticking with the plan long term. I also want you to remember, too, that overthinking doesn't end in the kitchen. You've got to stop stocking your car with snacks just in case. Unless you live in an area that's 30 miles from town and you don't have a reliable car that breaks down all the time, there's no reason you can't walk into any corner store or grocery store or gas station or whatever and find something quick that's going to fit your eating plan. Needing to eat because you've lost track of the day or your appointments ran over or whatever happened isn't the end of the world. It's okay to be hungry, but be smart about what you pick. Maybe stop by the grocery store deli counter and grab a little pile of fresh sliced lunch meat. Pick up a bag of baby carrots and have just a couple and take the rest home. But because you lost track of the day and you're hungry doesn't mean that you get to to grab a bag of chips because that's all there was. Don't use your time and like being out of the house as an excuse. Sudden hunger isn't a reason to go off your plan and throw everything away. There's way too many options in this day and age to stay on track when you're out and about. So just think about what you're buying when that happens. But here's the deal and why I mean don't stock your car with snacks and don't carry around a small cooler just when you're out running errands. Having snacks around is actually a fat brain tool. When there's food to munch on within reach, it's really, really easy to use any excuse, like a traffic jam, to eat 200 calories of smoked almonds, even though you weren't really hungry, because you were just bored and you remembered that they were there. And I know many of you, just like me, we've all done that. Come on. We've all done that before. So stop stocking snacks unless you know, you're, you know you're going to be away from all food, all civilization for a while. And I don't want you to overthink exercise, too. If you've got a regain of any amount, 5, 10, 15, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, more than that, exercise is going to play into your success. But lack of exercise isn't why you regained. You regained because you ate too much. So hiring a trainer, that's a neat idea, but it's not necessary, and it's not going to bring you any success with the scale unless you fix the kitchen first. So start in there, and then layer on working out. And remember that exercise doesn't mean you become a gym rat. Exercise is taking a brisk walk for 20 or 30 minutes. It's planned and and it's an intentional thing that you do on top of the movement you already do in your daily life. So you can't count all the steps you get in at work at an exercise. You can't count all the times you had to run up and down the stairs after your kids or whatever. You've got to exercise for it to count as exercise. I could go on and on here. But the mindset key here is to stop overthinking because when we overthink, we complicate things. When we make things hard, it actually makes it hard for us to stay on track because we're overcomplicating our lives. Stop grasping at straws when you're ready to get back to your happy weight and start doing the work to set yourself up for success and understand that things like meal prep, fancy gadget, apps, a trainer, etc., those are all very helpful tools. 
But success is going to come down to you and how you use those things in partnership with your eating habits and what's going on in the kitchen. And that's actually further, to kind of further that on, how you use those things on a consistent basis. And that means daily, every day is going to make the difference. Losing weight is a daily effort. So you've got to make your days easy to repeat. Because again, when things are complicated, it's really easy to get off track because no one needs more to do, especially not in 2020. Oh my God. But I promise you, if you've got food in the fridge and a bag of Inspire in the, ca- in, the, um, in, the ki- in the kitchen pantry, you've got what you need to succeed already. So it's time to get your mindset on track so that you can stay on track for a real change to happen. So with that, I'm going to close here. And as always, I want to thank you so much for listening. I also want to urge you to take my words to heart. Come join us on Facebook and our groups. We'll hold your hand and help you through this. We can always be found on our website, www.bariatriceating.com. Once you're there, do a quick keyword search for podcasts, and you'll be able to find all of our episodes listed with show notes for each one. For this episode specifically, I'm going to be linking a link to our Facebook support group. I'm going to link to our um, the Inspire Diet so that you can learn how to do this and keep the weight off for good. I'm going to link an article about portions and hungers and stop signals, like I mentioned, and a really, really easy cooking technique that's going to help you make easy, easy meals. And if you have a question that you'd like me to tackle in an upcoming episode, please send me an email at ask, that's A-S-K, at bariatriceating.com. Just to remind you, we aren't just talk. Our articles, recipes, and our website have been helping post-ops for nearly 20 years, and it will help you too. So please come out and check out our website. Don't forget to review and subscribe to our podcast so that you're always updated as soon as episodes are available. And finally, if you enjoyed today's episode, please pass it on to someone you may think will also find it helpful. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks.